Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. Before I jump into the lesson today, I just want to tell you I'm so excited. I just walked in the office and my new book is sitting in the boxes out there. I pulled one out. I think this book is going to help so many people. You know, I've done what I've done for 43 years. I've been there during people's best days, worst days, when they feel like they're on top of the mountain and they feel like the mountain's on top of them. And one of the tough days for every parent is when they're dealing with their kids. And many times there's uncertainty of how do we do that? How do we frame for our kids a future when it seems like maybe their direction is different than the future that we would like for them to have? Well, through the years, I've learned a principle, and that is to pray more and talk less. And so I decided to write a book. In fact, it was a series of messages I taught at our church on five prayers you need to pray for your kids. Five prayers you need to pray for your kids. And it went over remarkably with my congregation. And now it's in book form. I want to encourage you, if you'll go to my webpage, uh, you can buy uh, five prayers. Everyone needs to pray over their kids. These are prayers that I've prayed over my kids every day. I prayed these prayers today for them, every day of their life. As long as I'm this side of heaven, I'll pray these prayers. And what I can say is the prayers I've prayed have helped form the future that they are experiencing now. So I want to encourage you. It's a great book. It could help you. It could help you help others. So go online and grab that. Hey, today I want to talk to you about the Nehemiah template. The Nehemiah template. I think that one of the most underrated leaders in the Bible is Nehemiah. I think that he is so underrated. I don't think he gets the press coverage he should in the leadership journals of Christians. I just think he gets overlooked. And I believe this because there's three things that really were the intro to Nehemiah's leadership journey. One, his position was that he was a cup bearer. Now, that's not a term that we recognize today, but basically because the king was always concerned that he might be assassinated. And one of the ways that he could be assassinated was through poison. They had cupbearers. These were individuals that would eat and drink the food that had been prepared to make sure that they didn't die before the king ate that same food. So Nehemiah was a cupbearer, which means in everyone's eyes, he was totally expendable. He was totally expendable. He was the individual, oh, Nehemiah died. Oh, no big deal. He was totally expendable. Now, the interesting thing about that is that he was expendable in everyone's eyes, but God's. And a lot of people, when they navigate life, they feel like they're important to absolutely no one, that absolutely no one looks at them and, and says that they're of value, that they're of importance. But here's the thing. No matter what other people think, and they think that you're expendable, God does not. God has a place for you. God has a plan for you. 
See, for Nehemiah to lead, he had to overcome a mindset. And that mindset is a mindset that stops a lot of people from leading. And that mindset was this, I can't make a difference mindset because I'm just a nobody. I can't make a difference mindset because I'm just a nobody. So the first thing about Nehemiah was his position. He was a cupbearer. The second thing about Nehemiah was his place where he lived. See, God's going to ask him to do something, but there's a problem. Where he lives is 900 miles away from Jerusalem. Now, 900 miles is a lot of miles in today's world, but in the world in which he lived, 900 miles was forever. People didn't travel 900 miles. People didn't go 900 miles. He's 900 miles away from being where God wants him to be. But see, that's the second thing about Nehemiah. I'm in the wrong place, so I can't do anything mindset. I'm in the wrong place, so I can't do anything mindset. See, we tend to have this idea that if I'm in the right place at the right time doing the right thing, then I can lead. But Nehemiah was none of those. His position, he was a cupbearer. His place, he's 900 miles away from where the will of God for him is. So I can't make a difference mindset. I'm a nobody. I'm in the wrong place, so I can't make a difference. I can't do anything mindset. But then thirdly, his power. He's a cupbearer. Look at the organizational chart. If you looked at the organizational chart, here's what you would find. Cupbearers aren't on it. They are so far down in the organizational chart that they literally, they literally don't even show up on it. It's not worth the quill and the pen. It's not worth the paper. It's not worth it. And so his power, he had none, except he did. He had prayer. But he had to overcome the, I can't make a difference mindset, I'm a nobody. I'm in the wrong place, so I can't do anything mindset. And I can't change anything mindset because he had no power, but he could pray. Now, it is because of his prayers that he's going to go beyond being a cupbearer, and he is going to go beyond his location, and he is going to go beyond his lack of power, and he is going to become a profound leader. Let's get it right. He prayed himself beyond everything that limited him. Prayer is the natural equalizer. It takes you beyond wherever you are, and it positions you where God wants you to be. Oh, please listen to me. Prayer is the equalizer. It takes you beyond where you are, and it places you right where God wants you to be.
So through a series of conversations, he's going to head to Jerusalem and he's going to begin to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem, which was a part of the critical nature of that society so that they weren't open to constant attack. And don't want to go into the history of that because those are separate uh, historical thoughts. But I do want to walk you through the Nehemiah template. The Nehemiah template, template principle number one, he served secretly. When Nehemiah finally gets to Jerusalem, he doesn't tell anyone what he's there for. He doesn't go loud and make a big splash. He just shows up. Now, I say that to you because a lot of people, they work hard at being famous, but they don't work hard at being faithful. That's something that God said to me yesterday. People work so hard to be famous. They just don't work hard at being faithful. So he served secretly. Most everything a leader does will never be seen. See, people will never see the hours you spend on your knees before God. People will never see the amount of heartache you experience in your journey. People will never see the pain that you personally have gone through. People will never see the hours that you will pray. People will never see the hours that you prepare people will never see. See, if you can't serve secretly, you can't lead publicly. He served secretly. If you can't lead in secret, you're never going to lead in public. A leader will never get all the credit that they deserve, but that's all right. When you lead for God, It's not the score that people keep. It's the score that God keeps. So the first thing, he served secretly. It says that he showed up, didn't tell anyone what was going on, didn't tell them what God said, didn't show up with this big banner and splash, wasn't doing all the giant Instagrams, tweets, anything like that. He was just secretly serving, positioning himself to do what God wanted him to do. He rises up at night when everyone else is asleep so he can begin to figure things out. Number two, strategic transformation. In Nehemiah chapter three, you see this strategic transformation. As Nehemiah has served secretly, God's begun to give him a plan on what to do and how to do it. But any plan that you have as a leader is always going to engage people. Now, here's the interesting thing. The people were always there. See, the people were already in Jerusalem. What wasn't in Jerusalem was a leader. And that tells you a lot about why leadership is important. Because it takes a leader to leverage the impact of people. It takes a leader to leverage the impact of people. The people are already there. Now, the interesting thing is, is that throughout Nehemiah chapter 3 is it will mention names. So-and-so was next to so-and-so, who was next to so-and-so. And this group was next to this group, which was next to this group, which was next to this group. See, what a leader does is a leader brings the effective structure. 
a leader positions people in the right place to accomplish a godly purpose. And so in Nehemiah chapter 2, you see him serving secretly. But when he goes public with his leadership, he is now creating strategic transformation. He's taking people that have always been there and said, hey, no, you fit well here. No, you fit now here. This group needs to be with this group, this group, and it's next, 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 next. Everyone was next to someone. See, when you get an effective structure with a godly purpose, you create a powerful outcome. See, when you get people effectively placed and you align them with a godly purpose, you create a powerful outcome. And so that's what Nehemiah did. In chapter 3, Nehemiah shows how leaders create stability. They create calm. So, the third concept is, is that he created stability. See, anytime you lead, there's always drama. There aren't drama-filled environments. Every organization has drama. Outside drama, inside drama. Every individual has drama. Outside drama and inside drama. What a leader does is a leader creates stability. They create the ability to take all of the drama and to dial it down so that mission and ministry can be accomplished. And what happens is, is that Nehemiah begins to get people. Again, you're next to this person. You're next to this person. You're next to this group. You're next to this group. He organizes them. But in chapter 4, in Nehemiah chapter 4, and then in verse 9 and 14, there's a group of people that are seeing the involvement of what's happening in Jerusalem, but they've made their money victimizing the people of Jerusalem, just coming in from any point and being able to come in without having to, to be powerful just through the stealth of the moment. And what happens is when the wall's going up for the first time, their strategy of stealth isn't going to work. And so they begin to sow seeds of drama. They begin to talk and they begin to say things and they begin to question things. And so what you see in Nehemiah chapter 4 and verses 9 and 14 is you see the unhappy people. People who are unhappy when God begins to do something. Here's what I'd love to tell you. Every time God moves, people are happy. But when God does move, there are people who are unhappy because they like a non-God-moving environment. And that was what was happening here. And so the people are hearing all this noise. The drama is beginning to build. But Nehemiah walks in. He says, guys, just calm it down. It's all right. And Nehemiah created stability. Great leaders create a stabilizing environment. Great leaders create a stabilizing environment. So the Nehemiah template, serve secretly, strategic transformation, stability where you create calm. Number four, security where people know that they're safe. Security where people know that they're safe. See, people will always risk more when they feel safe. They risk less when they don't. They will risk more 
when they feel safe, they will risk less when they don't. Now, here's what I'm saying to you. When people are in an environment where they feel risk, they feel like they're at risk, they tend to back up from their potential. But when they feel safe, they tend to rise up to their full potential. Now, in this case, these adversaries are now saying, we're going to attack. It's no longer drama. It's trauma. So they're trying to traumatize these people by saying, we're going to attack. So what Nehemiah does is he creates a strategic plan. While you're working, the person next to you is holding the sword. While they're working, someone next to them is holding the spear. He created within the structure of the work a protective environment where people felt safe. And that's the thing that leaders do. There's always going to be trauma out there, but leaders know how to create a safe environment. That's what Nehemiah did. Next, the Nehemiah template involves standards that must be expected. See, if you're going to build something for God, it is so that you can live for God. You don't get to build something for God and not live for God. And what was beginning to happen was, as people began to feel safe, people began to fall back on bad behaviors. And so people were loaning to each other at exorbitant interest rates. People were taking advantage of other people in business deals. And so in Nehemiah chapter 5, we see Nehemiah beginning to say, hey, we're not going to protect from the outside and then destroy ourselves on the inside. So what he does is he challenges the heart. He says, fear the Lord. He challenges the head. You've got to be committed to the Lord. And then he challenges their habits. You've got to have the integrity of the Lord. And he goes through and he walks them through the heart, the fear of the Lord, the head, the commitment to the Lord, and the habits, integrity to the Lord. See, he took them to beliefs and behaviors inside and outside. And he begins to articulate and he says, this is what you need to do. So standards of what is expected. Number six safety and defined boundaries safety and defined boundaries what i want to say to you is is that we're safe when we stay in the boundaries god's created us for now those of you that have ever heard me at my church sometimes i talk about my golf game and what i can tell you about my golf game is i don't have one i'm not a good golfer and a part of that is is that I don't play enough to be a good golfer. I don't want to spend the time to be a good golfer. I just want to play golf. Now, if you just want to play golf and you don't want to practice and you don't want to give the time, you're going to be a bad golfer. So I've achieved my goal. I'm pretty bad. But one of the things that happens with bad golfers is that on any golf course, on any hole, there's places that can get you in trouble. They're called hazards. And one of the things that you learn in golf when you're not a good golfer is you stay away from the hazards. So if there's a way for me to stay away from the water, for me to stay away 
from the creek, for me to stay away from the trees, I'm going to choose that shot. It may not be the shortest shot, but it is the shot I'm going to take because for me to play golf, I've got to stay away from the hazards. And what I want to say to you is in Nehemiah chapter 6, Nehemiah stayed away from the hazards because people were coming at him from all directions. And he said in Nehemiah chapter 6, he says, the work that we're doing is very important and I do not have time to stop. All the hazards around him, he said, I can't, I can't play for the hazards. I've got to focus on what I need to focus on. So safety and defined boundaries. The seventh concept of the Nehemiah template was this. Synergy, getting everyone on the same page. See, in leadership, you want to get everyone moving in the same direction, to move at the same time, and to move with the same heart. But that's not easy. In fact, you want to just get people on the same page. But even more than that, there are days when you just want to get people in the same book. Well, what Nehemiah did in Nehemiah chapter 8 was that these people were rebuilding around Jerusalem. And what Jerusalem was to them was a city. What Jerusalem was to God was the center of worship. And so Nehemiah gets all the people together and he takes the priest and he has them read the law, the first five books of the Bible. And they read the law and they give understanding so that people could understand that. And what's going to begin to happen is that people are going to go from an external, we're building walls, to an internal, we're building something for God. And as they begin to get on the same page, it goes from a man-made idea to a God-made idea. So Nehemiah understood that eventually all your efforts are futile if you don't create the synergy of getting people on the same page. And then the eighth template is this. Success isn't just what we do. It's how we finish. And in Nehemiah 13, you see Nehemiah going through and saying, there are some places that boundaries haven't been observed. In relationships, some boundaries have been ignored. In business, some boundaries have been overlooked. In the very rituals of worship, some shortcuts have been taken. And what he does is he aggressively goes in and he says, this can't be allowed to stand. If we're going to be who we're going to be, we're going to stand for the right things. We're going to stand up for the right values of relationship. We're going to stand up for the right values of God. And we're going to stand up for the right ways in which we conduct and behave ourselves. Because what good was it to have walls that protected you if you're doing things that are going to destroy yourself? And so the Nehemiah template is just so intriguing to me because it involves serving secretly, having strategic transformation. It involves stability that you know how to create calm, security, people know that they're safe, 
standards that can be expected, safety that's defined, synergy getting everyone on the same page, and success that you know how to finish. I say all that to you because I believe the Nehemiah template is as needed today as it's ever been needed, and that leaders all across this world need them. They need that template. So thank you for joining me. Two favors. If you're listening to this and you're a regular listener, then you're receiving some value from this. If you just pick this particular podcast and you just sort of jump around, could I encourage you to take the journey with me? I do these podcasts because it's what I wished I could have heard as a young kid when I was young and dumb and I didn't know anything about leadership. Could you just jump on board and maybe any of the past ones you've missed, go back and listen to them? And could all of you do me a favor? Could you send out a text? Could you forward? Could you tweet? Could you let someone else know that these are important? Yeah, they don't cost you anything, but I'm telling you, to learn them costs me a whole lot. And you have a chance to look on someone's paper who's done this for 43 years. Well, for 43 years, I've had to learn the Nehemiah template. Also, I want to encourage you, the book that I just wrote about five prayers that you pray for your children, it is gold. It is a game changer. I want to encourage you to go online or to call my office 972-985-1112. Ask for Katie Palmer and get that book. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.